Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors put forth what I believe was their most complete two-way performance as a team this season with a 124-111 victory over the Utah Jazz. Now, you might think, you know, being Utah, who didn't have Donovan Mitchell, who was basically the entirety of their offense, shouldn't be that impressive. But you got to factor in the context of what went on tonight. So, second night of a back-to-back in Utah uh, is the ultimate trap game in the NBA. Like, that is just a game where... It doesn't really matter how well you're playing. It doesn't really matter how good you are. You're going to go into Utah. You're going to get the altitude, and you're going to, you know, run out of gas, and you're going to lose. Like, you know, you're going to get down big early, and you're going to try to climb out of it, and chances are pretty good that the Jazz are going to out-execute you and win. Like, the Jazz are a solid team. Even without Mitchell, they still, you know, run a good system. They just don't have the talent really to score. But the Raptors, I mean, they looked like they were going to fall into that trap early. They had six turnovers in their first three minutes. Their first three possessions were all turnovers. And it was really concerning because I saw Kyle Lowry turn the ball over. And I'm like, man, if Kyle's not sharp, then this team has no chance to beat Utah tonight. But they got, they, they turned it around. They turned it around pretty quickly. Um, the Raptors immediately fought back um, and, uh, you know, got the game even with the Jazz. It was 31-30 for Utah after the first quarter. The Raptors had trailed by pretty much like 10 points right from the jump, but they they got back from it. Um, OG was real solid with the starting lineup. Kyle really turned it around after that slow start. He ended up having a phenomenal game once again by Kyle Lowry, 17-7-11 with two steals on uh, only nine shots with three threes, including one that was from... You know, about 40 feet. You know, remember that uh, 2016 shot where Steph, you know, dribbled down the floor, 
you know, in OKC in overtime after Russell Westbrook stepped all over his ankle. He came back in uh, overtime. He dribbles, and he pulls up on Andre Roberson. Remember that shot? It's a very memorable shot. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing, but go look up that shot. It's incredible. It's one of the best best shots I've ever seen live. But that's the distance in which Kyle Lowry shot his three right before the second half where, um, you know, he was going for a two-for-one uh, two opportunity. I think it was like about 30-something seconds on the clock. And uh, Kyle pulled up and Kyle sunk the shot. But, I mean, the Raptors were just really solid. Like, um, second quarter, the Raptors uh, got their defense down pat, I think. Early on, the issue that uh, Utah was giving Toronto was that they were putting a lot of pressure on the basket, um, especially with Gobert. I thought Gobert was setting these huge screens, and it was constantly creating these two-on-one situations where either Gobert would catch the lob and finish, um, or uh, he would create enough room for his guards to get inside and finish. Guys like Royce O'Neal finishing, you know, Jay Crowder getting a couple shots off, you know, like, so... The Raptors basically just needed to solidify that. And the way Nick Nurse went about it was, you know, seeing that his team was a little bit sluggish early on and that Serge Ibaka had fallen into early foul trouble with some ticky-tack fouls. I mean, a lot of fouls called in the Raptors tonight. The, the Jazz shot a 41 free throws and the Raptors shot 14. Um, bit of a, uh, you know, strange whistle on that one, for sure. I think the home court really got the advantage on that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean... You know, the Raptors really uh, solved that, uh, and Nick Nurse really solved that by coming out with a zone defense, um, you know, late in the second quarter. That's something we saw him do in preseason a little bit to start the year, but we haven't really seen any zone in the last couple of games, um, you know, presumably because they've been playing pretty good defense in the last couple of games. But uh, this is a situation where, you know, Gobert was really dominating them inside. So they went zone, they kind of shut down the inside, and they kind of bet that the Jazz couldn't hit threes. and. That's what ended up happening. The Jazz shot 26% from deep, 8 of 31 um, tonight. And Raptors were able to completely steady the ship. They won on a 26-10 to 10 run to end the first half. And, you know, they took a 11-point edge into the uh, second half where I was really interested in how they were going to respond in the third quarter just because um, they could either sort of, uh, you know, have that altitude set into their legs and get tired and, you know, maybe the Jazz make a comeback or whatever. Um, and we saw that in preseason. That's basically what happened. I mean, so, um, but the Raptors didn't do that. They picked up their intensity. In fact, they played twice as hard defensively in the third quarter than they did in the, basically the entire first half. Um, there were so many possessions um, that just, uh, it just, I, I could not believe that the Raptors had that much energy on the second half of back-to-back. I, I really, really could not believe that. I mean, they were making so many rotations, um, so many efforts to cut off the basket. They were so good at, you know, if they did on a rare occasion um, concede some dribble penetration, they were so good at setting the help from the right direction and then helping the helper so that the defense can stay set. There was no scrambling, nothing like that. Um, just good, clean, like, disciplined effort. And I think that starts with Kyle. It starts with Danny Green. Um, Pascal and OG together in the starting lineup. Very fun combination. The two of them had great nights. JV was really solid around the rim. I thought he really settled down Gobert. Um, Gobert really got going early. Um, but I thought Valanciunas' second half did a lot, much better job, you know, just containing Gobert. 
Um, JV's always been a guy that's done a good job on Gobert. Gobert is a really good defender, but and just really good two-way player, really, because he, he is a really good finisher, um, and he's a good offensive rebounder. But um, JV was able to really use his size on Gobert and use his weight. I think that bulk and strength was really good at just kind of keeping Gobert on the on the ground, boxing him out, finishing possessions. The Raptors held the Jazz to only 18 points in the third quarter. The Raptors outscored them 29 to 18. And again, um, this is just such a great team effort in terms of just who was contributing like it didn't really matter who was shooting the ball it didn't really matter who was responsible on defense everyone was just helping everyone everyone staying on a string on both ends of the floor and just locked in you know like jazz had to call the first time out the Raptors come out they still score they, they forced turnovers like it, it was just a great effort and basically from that point onward the game was over I mean the jazz ended up scoring 39 in the fourth quarter I don't even know what happened there because I was busy writing the 10 things and dunking on some people on Twitter but I mean you know um so I didn't even watch it, but the Jazz scored 39 in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, I mean, most of that came in garbage time. Most of that came against guys like, you know, uh, Malachi Richardson and uh, Lorenzo Brown getting some run. Greg Monroe getting some surprising run with Serge Ibaka in, in foul trouble. But uh, this is just such a great performance of the Raptors. I, I'm so pleased. I mean, if you go to my Twitter account, you can find so many clips of just um, standout plays of the Raptors tonight on both ends, really. Just um, if you got a chance to watch the highlights, please do for this game. Uh, it's hard to pick three stars for this game. It really is. I mean, number one is Kyle for sure. 17.7 rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, three triples, five and nine from the uh, field, four for four from the free throw line, um, plus 29 in 29 minutes. I mean, I don't even know what to say about Kyle. This is his ninth straight game of double digit assists. It's incredible what he's doing. Um, and safe that, you know, basically it was a bit sloppy for the first three minutes. After that, Kyle was locked in the same Kyle he's been doing. Uh, you know, all year, and he he played at such a great level. Um, you know, just keeping the team focused, keeping the team running, and um, he's the MVP of the of the season so far, like bar none. I mean, Kawhi has been better when Kawhi plays, but I mean, Kyle has played in way all of these games, uh, and Kyle has been phenomenal in basically all the games except for the the Bucks game, and even a bad Bucks game, you still have 15 assists. So I mean, how bad can you really be when you have 15 assists? So. Kyle was great. Um, I thought Pascal was really impressive. 16.7 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 7-11 shooting from the field, um, plus 25 in 31 minutes. Pascal had a stretch there in the second quarter where he was just basically the feature player on offense going into the post and, you know, going against Jay Crowder, who is the ultimate tryhard. And, um, yeah, man, just taking him off the dribble, spinning, finishing. Pascal finished a 360 spinning layup into the chest of Derek Favors. Uh, in transition. I don't know how he did it, but he finished that play. I mean, Pascal just impresses you with a new play every single game. Um, he has really come into his own. And honestly, this new verve for scoring is just, it makes him such a more dynamic player individually and also makes the Raptors more dynamic as a team because the Raptors have never had this front court type of player that can um, handle the ball, that can, you know, defend so many positions defensively. Uh, and also, um, you know, just be another axis in which the team can play offense through. Like, if, obviously, Pascal's jumper is not quite there. He hit a mid-range shot today, but went 0 of 2 from the three-point line. But everything else is there for Pascal right now. He's finishing with his left, finishing with his right. Great passes in transition. Great just sense of timing overall. And we're seeing the breakout, man. We really are. Pascal has been uh, playing phenomenal. This has been the best week of his career so far. And then... There's a couple ways you can go with the third star here. You give it to OG, which I think I'm ultimately going to do. 17 points, uh, 7 of 13 shooting, 3 of 5 from deep, filling in for Kawhi Leonard in the starting lineup. Um, 
did so admirably, I would say. 17 points is a season high for him. Um, it's nice to see him, you know, shoot the threes, but it's also just nice to see him get into the paint and, and try different types of finishes where, you know, he's still not really able to create for himself off the dribble. That's not really part of his game, but his finishing and transition has been really impressive. He's really learned how to take an extra dribble, um, you know, to give himself a better angle to shoot the ball. He finished through contact, finishing his left, finishing his right, stretching his body, you know, like that type of finishing, you need to do that. Like that's kind of the Pascal uh, path for development. And so if OG can follow that and we know OG can shoot uh, better than Pascal can, then, you know, that's why people are so excited for OG and Pascal. But honestly, you can give a lot of love for Serge Ibaka who, Fouled out in 14 minutes, uh, which really goes to show how sort of sensitive the the whistles were against the Raptors. But um, 17 points on 8 of 8 shooting from the field, 1 of 1 from the three-point line, five rebounds and assists, plus 7 in 14 minutes. I mean, (laughs) I don't even know what to say at this point with Serge because he just comes into the game and he's like automatically wet from the mid-range. He's hitting the threes now, the trailer three. No one's really guarding him out there right now. So he's getting a lot of open looks. Um, and then finishing everything around the basket. Like, that's the thing. Like, Serge has always been knocked for having these, like, tough hands. And he does have some embarrassing drops, which I, I get where the reputation comes from. But holy crap, man. The, the way he's finishing right now is, is insane. I mean, look, dating back to the Suns game in which he finished the game, you know, making his last four shots. Then he goes in that uh, Lakers game shooting 15 of uh, 17 from the field for a career high. Uh, 34 points and now tonight second night of a back-to-back which remember Serge used to be trash on the second night of back-to-back not so this season he's been great in that uh and that Wizards game he was great in that Sixers game and he was great in this game as well it's shooting eight of eight he is now cumulatively 27 of 29 in his last um 29 shots like that's that's incredible by Serge and, and a lot of these were tough finishes too I mean there was one play where he kind of like busted out like a half dream shake against Rudy Gobert and scored it. Like that's like the defensive player of the year right there. Like that, that's just so impressive right now by by Serge. And then you got to give some love for Fred VanVleet as well. Seventeen points, carrying the bench unit. The lawn I thought was real solid too. Um, even Monroe did some nice things. But um, yeah, if I had to pick, I'd go Larry, OG, and Pascal. And then in terms of your Gerald Henderson award. Um, it's hard to pick a candidate here because I don't really feel like any of them were killing us. Even Alec Burks, who had 22 points for the Jazz and led them in scoring off the bench. Like, I didn't really feel like he was that impressive. Like, he was first off a minus 13 in those 22 minutes. Not very good defensively outside of a uh, surprising block on Pascal. But um, I, I don't know, man. I guess I got to pick with Alec Burks. But quite honestly, like, that's... I can't believe he's still on the Jazz first off. I, I, it was just a guy who had some promise and then just completely fell off the map because of injuries. And I'm happy to see him back out there and healthy. But uh, honestly, he scored 22 points. I barely noticed him. Like the Jazz collectively just, you know, just were not very good offensively. Like they could not hit open threes. And honestly, they even had free throws. They couldn't hit open free throws. So I don't know what to say. If you got 41 free throws to 14 free throws and you still lose by 13 at home to a team in the second half of a back-to-back, that either means that you are struggling, which the Jazz certainly are. They're winless at home thus far in the season. Uh, it's either that or it means the Raptors are rolling. And the Raptors are definitely rolling right now. 10-1 and one to start the year. They finished their four-game Western Conference road trip on Wednesday against the Sacramento uh, Kings, who are coming back down a little bit uh, back to earth after you know getting uh, just destroyed by the, the Milwaukee Bucks. I think it was like 144-106 to 106 or something like that. So, um 
Hopefully, Kawhi will be healthy for that game. If not, not too big of a deal. The Raptors don't then play again until Saturday at home against the Knicks in the afternoon. Um, so whether they want to play or stay with Kawhi, we'll see. I mean, Kawhi came out before the game tonight. I know a lot of people were annoyed, but he came out and, you know, he was gingerly testing out his foot, went through shoot-around, was really, really slow, and, you know, he just it was clear that he didn't fully have it. And so, you know, you rest him in that situation a hundred times out of a hundred. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but the Raptors are able to win without him. It, it's, it's, a it's, it's a great sign. I'm sure it's a great pitch to Kawhi. Although I got to say a quick thing about, I think ESPN and the ringer both came out with, uh, these huge stories, um, about the Raptors after they played, you know, LA, which is not surprising. LA is the media capital, uh, pretty much of the world. And so, you know, the Raptors going into LA and having that 41 to 10 run, whatever, like it was very impressive. And so a lot of the features were about how um, the Raptors had just made their sales pitch to Kawhi, which I thought was a, I get that because Kawhi is definitely the, the guy and he's the guy who everyone is thinking about all the time this season. But at the same time, you guys just give credit to guys like Kyle and Serge because those are the guys that are like Kyle, Serge, Siakam, um, JV like these are the guys that have played so well all season and they have collectively played a bigger hand in the Raptors success thus far than Kawhi. Kawhi has been great don't get me wrong Kawhi is the best player on this team bar none it's not close but not every story has to be about Kawhi when the Raptors go into LA without Kawhi and they smack up the Lakers the story is either the Lakers are really disorganized which they are or the Raptors are playing really good basketball I mean there's a lot to talk about Kyle's leading the league in assists where's the future on that you know you know Serge is playing out of his mind he's he matched the wilt chamberlain record for hitting 18 straight shots um which dates back to like the 70s like where's the story for that right like where's the story for jv being incredibly productive off the bench where's the story about nick nurse you know convincing selling surge and jv to uh to take the roles i mean surge just had 34 points and then he came off the bench the next night like and he no complaints and then he was still just as good as he was before right so like you got to give Nick Nurse credit. You got to give Nick Nurse credit, by the way, in this game for keeping his team ready to play, keeping them focused, and, um, you know, for having his team get uh, through this game because it wasn't an easy game. Norman Powell, you know, separated his shoulder, which, oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, he tore his shoulder. He literally came in for 10 seconds to guard an inbound play, and he was climbing around a Gobert screen and immediately left the game holding a shoulder, and it was pretty clear it was torn. And so it's a huge bummer for Norm, but, I mean, like, no Norm. Surge in huge foul trouble, uh, CJ not doing much, um, Kawhi obviously not playing at all, and the Raptors still get this result. I mean, that's why I thought this is the most impressive team victory, and it's a lot of credit to go around, a lot of credit to go around. Um, anyway, that does it for the podcast. Thank you to everyone for listening. As always, you can read the 10 things on my Twitter account. Thank you to everyone for um, continuing to support the Patreon page, by the way. Um, uh, while that's going on, I'm going to try to put up a... Uh, early season observations post i've been collecting a lot of plays i've been collecting a lot of trends and i'm just basically trying to find some time during the nba season to put that together and and basically file an early report on what the rapids look like through the first 15 games so look out for that soon and um uh as for the other people in my life that uh apparently got my back i got a lot of shooters apparently i think that's uh if you check twitter right now that's that's what's going on but uh seriously i you know, I appreciate, I appreciate the, uh, the love for sure. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have to be concerned about this D'Angelo Russell type behavior from, uh, a Utah jazz reporter. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, just, just look it up, man. Just look up Draymond, just look up Draymond jazz reporter. That's all. That's all. But, um, yeah.
Until the next game. There's no place like home for the holidays or homedepot.com for holiday decor with great low prices on decorations inside and out, like artificial Christmas trees to light up the living room, outside lights and playful inflatables that bring joy to the neighborhood. Order online and you'll even get free delivery. Holiday decorating improved with a wide assortment of holiday decor from homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Free standard shipping on most online orders over $45. Some exclusions apply while supplies last. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.